0: is back in business in this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the Pro Wrestling Edition as we fill your prescriptions with another Zahorian-sized dose of that performance-enhancing audio. Yes, the Brian Campbell, in fact, the voice that you hear just about ready to look back on a week in WWE that was all about frustration and irritation.
1: Look at all of this crap in this ring.
0: And get all kinds of revved up. About some recent developments within NJPW that make touching the feel spot feel like a two-hand operation.
1: Oh,
0: my, my Look, you don't you don't need a TBC to tell you that he's all in right now. If you know what I'm saying. I'm
1: all in. Oh, come
0: on. Come on, Brandy, Stay with me here. But not to worry for our WWE-only crowd. We've still got all the backlash from Backlash and a close examination on what has gone wrong in terms of WWE booking since WrestleMania, plus a few projections looking forward booking-wise to Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and beyond. If they're not going to book the damn territory the correct way, you better believe the ITC will. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Another edition of the ITC that you simply won't want to miss. Excuse me while I rip this out. But before I welcome in that pessimistic king, let me remind you to continue paying it forward and sending us those good vibes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume this show. If you like what you hear on today's show. If you see something, say something. Please do us that solid of the five-star review. Hey, maybe share a few words about why you make the ITC a part of your weekly audio journey You got something to say about the ITC. It's time to have your say.
1: He disrespected me and my family through the media waves, you know.
0: Cannot, cannot do that. But with me to chop it up this week is the judge without a court, the king without a crown. You can call him the bad guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Or you can just call him the silver king. Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, I dare you, B.C. I dare anyone listening to this podcast to tell me that my pessimism is no longer justified after the crap that we saw in that ring over the last what fourteen days.
0: Wow, 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 Silver King, you know what? hey, timing sometimes is everything, so like i don't I don't know what else to say, but the revolution is back, and good Lord, it couldn't have come at a better friggin. Time, brother. I'm bored, brother. Like, I can't remember a time, Silver King, where I had been less excited to watch Raw and SmackDown. Like, like overall, I don't think it's it's just a bad backlash card, which we'll surely get into up and down. I think it's like oversaturation and customer fatigue right now from this crazy stretch of WrestleMania, Greatest Royal Rumble, back to another kind of poorly handed pay-per-view. Like, it's just, I need a break.
1: Yeah, and we'll get into all of that at some point on today's show, but it's fatigue, but it wouldn't be fatigue if it was good. If it was good and entertaining, if I'm watching Game of Thrones and they tell me, hey, we're going to give you two, two shows a week, we're going to do two hours, we're going to do Sunday and Tuesday, I would say, okay, it's, it's great, I trust the writing's going to be good, I'm going to be entertained. I think what people lose, and and like you, like you said, we'll get into this later in the show, but off the top here, WWE's job. Is to entertain us and to do so without insulting our intelligence and have us question what we're watching on a daily basis. And it's really honestly true that I have not been entertained as a whole for if you know if I'm watching what? What do we just watch? Three, four, five, six, eight hours of product, not counting the an- ancillary shows. I was entertained for an hour. Well, that doesn't that. work that's not a formula for success. There
0: there are there is a growing nation a, an anti Silver King nation that say that you're too uh, you're too down and out and they will tell you this. You know have a problem turn off your station. It might be time that's, it might be that's time. That's not
1: a that's not a growing contingent anymore. They're flipping the other directions. I know you see the tweets. I know you see the DM slides. There's a lot of Silver King is right. Silver King is fine. Wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. Silver King wasting no time to get the offense going here. Hey, we might as well get right into it. And I'm not talking about backlash. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about getting into the main event with
1: the topic that you know BC wants to hit up. This is the main event. So after everything I just said, and you guys know my stance on the revolution, quote unquote revolution. I would be lying if I didn't say. I'm coming around a little bit and it's for this wow. particular and it's for this particular reason BC. As bad as WWE has been the last 2 weeks is as good as New Japan Pro Wrestling has been. It has heated up in a major way and I'm not just talking about the Bullet Club. In fact, I would almost put the Bullet Club as secondary in terms of the major things that have gone on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that, my friends, is how we're going to start this edition of ITC and our main event BC. Break down for us what went down at Duntaku, I guess it was, last week, um, and really what it means for New Japan going forward.
0: Well, here's what it sounded like.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Did you hear that sound come out of me? That's what it sounded like on this Friday and I think Saturday morning show last week. I'm going to be honest. I wrestling Duntaku or whatever the show was called was really not on my revolution radar. I knew it was there. I was sort of like hey you know if there's a good match just like the week before the show from the week before people were like hey you got to watch Naito and the other guy it was pretty good. I watched it. It was pretty good. It touched my feel spot but this was like no you got to stop the presses. You got to whatever your plans were for the day stop them. You need to watch this card because Business just picked up, and Adam, I, I love the Revolution. I almost want to put the Revolution aside and say, forget about comparing it to WWE. Let's just focus on NJPW and how damn good it is. When I wa- what I watched this past weekend was what I want out of wrestling. So yes, it's perfect timing that we went through backlash and a stretch of really poor Raw and Smackdowns, and then the Raw and Smackdowns that followed Backlash really kind of poor and average and vanilla. What happened to NJPW is what I want. And in this two-day card, the biggest headline by far is that Chris Jericho is back in the revolution. So maybe maybe I should still be talking about it because he got us again. He swerved us again. And, you know, I, I didn't want to be that guy who said, I told you so. But I knew we couldn't take him at his word as much as his word really wanted to fool me this time around when he said, you know, sorry, it didn't really work out with NJPW. I, I almost wanted to believe it because he's so damn good at what he does. He is the best in the world at It's what he almost
1: does. like it, It's almost like he was saying that because he knew the next thing on his schedule was du- a WWE thing. So he's like, it, 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 it played to two masters. It, it duped the fans, which is good. But it also, like, didn't allow – interviews during the greatest Royal rumble with the WWE to be about new Japan. So I think it ended up working out. For
0: and this is one of those times. I wish I hadn't been scooped. I think it was PW insider. Somebody came out with the scoop. We, we talked about it on the show, yeah, at PW the, very insider. End of the show. I wish I hadn't. And I wish I had seen this live because Tetsuya Naito was walking down the aisle, back to the locker room and Chris Jericho comes out of the crowd, but comes out from like deep in the crowd, you know, back in the alleyway, with a mask on, a hood over his head, attacks Naito. They go back to the ring. It's so gritty. It's so old school. The only problem with it was that Red Shoes the referee was caught on camera gigging Naito the blade job right in front of you. But I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't negatively pop to that. I actually paused it. I was like, yes, this is 1987
1: <laughs> NWA. This is awesome. Look, Jericho picked up a steel guardrail, detached it from the rest of the guardrail, and threw it. That's all you need to know. If that's not enough reason for you to go search this out, I don't know what is.
0: I don't even care if you're somebody who's like, you know, I don't really watch NJPW. The the, the ITC guys talk about it a lot, but I don't care about their 17-star matches. I like WWE. That's fine if you say that. But forget the 17-star matches for a minute. The reason why NJPW is so good, the reason why Jericho and every podcast positively talks about how much fun it was to not not have the reins on him. Now I'm not talking about Roman to not have the create a, a 10 man creative team following him around, giving him scripts. It's because you get stuff like this after Jericho beats the crap out of Naito as he's walking back, young boys are trying to get in his way. He's putting his fists in their face, pushing them down and telling him to F off and then went on a completely F filled rant back to the locker room that they caught on camera. And it's just, look, it's, It's real, right? It's fake, but it feels real. This feels like a maniacal man who just got revenge on Naito for their Twitter war, right? Because Naito was in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Omega was in the co-main event, but basically said, people are coming to the show because of me. That's cohesion. There's a storyline. It makes sense. The dots connected, but it was gritty and it was unscripted for the most part. And that's why this is so
1: good. Well, you have to remember, there's so many things you can do in New Japan that you just can't in WWE, okay? They're never going to have a guy pull a part of the barricade off, okay? And throw it at a bunch of, you know, young people out there to help. Like when Brock Lesnar tore the car door off, I forgot, this was like a couple of years ago now, and threw it and a part went into the stands. Like WWE went into crisis mode because they don't want fans to get injured. So there's such a different level of caution with WWE and that's understandable. That's not a criticism. That's just how it is. You can't curse. You know, NJPW is fully adult themed if, if it's for segments that need to be. Okay. You can have Kenny Omega drop a promo and just randomly put an F bomb in there, not because he's trying to be, you know, profane, but because it fits. Jericho, in the rage that he had in this segment, walking backstage, and this part is not on that broadcast. You have to seek it out separately. You can easily find it, though. He's dropping F this, F that. He's tossing things. He's going crazy in the backstage. All that they said to Jericho is, this is your angle, go execute it. And he was able to do so because he's that damn good. And that's why this is so good. But again, BC, and, if, and, and you mentioned like a lot of fans who think we talk about it too much and we rate them too high and so on and so forth, right? Then ignore BC then. Be in my camp. If I'm the one that's the pessimist and if I'm telling you that this is something you need to seek out and be good, not that Brian's word doesn't matter. His word matters more than mine. But I'm the pessimist. And if I'm telling you that this is top quality stuff and even I'm willing to take the extra time in my week to go see it, you gotta see it. That's how good this was. It's the best thing in wrestling that I've... It's a feel spot that's not my feel spot this week. It's the best thing I've seen.
0: Yeah, no question about it. So Dominion, the June 9th show... From my point of view, it's basically their SummerSlam, right? Wrestle Kingdom in January is their WrestleMania. Dominion is their second biggest show. Certainly, they have the G1 tournament in the summer. That's a separate entity kind of all together. It's almost like their Royal Rumble, I guess.
1: That's that's exactly what I was going to refer to it as. So,
0: Dominion is looking to be stacked because now you have Jericho Naito, which is official. And then the other big thing, the main event of Dominion is a total – I mean, I just – got to go back to that sound again because are you kidding me? Ah! Wow! Okada defeats Taka- Tanahashi, which I'll get to in a second because it was, it was arguably the best Brilliant. match in, the, in a decade. I mean, it was it was friggin' incredible. But then he cuts a promo and calls out Kenny Omega and challenges him for part four of their incredible, historical, all-time great rivalry. Only this time, it's got a main event dominion for the IWGP Heavyweight title with no time limit and a best of three falls. When you consider they are 1-1-1 one, one, and one against each other in this rivalry with Kenny's win coming in a non-titled G1 bout. You could really start getting get the juices flowing of where they're going to go booking-wise. You can see both sides of it. Okada just set the record for consecutive title defenses with 12 of the IWGP t- title, the, the heavyweight championship, which has a long lineage in
1: history. and history. So to clarify, they count, they count it by defenses, not by time. Right? So, like, as, exa- as an example... Lesnar's defended the title ten times this year, total, right, but he's held the, held the title for four hundred days plus. Okada's reign is way longer than that. go ahead,
0: and the, you know, and he broke Tadahashi's record, so the synergy there was perfect to beat him, and it was almost like a passing of the torch, and so he's the eighties Hulk Hogan in terms of how he's booked right now, yes he's a baby face, he acted a little bit as a heel in this match. We'll get to that in a second, but We're gonna get Omega. Like I don't care what else you're excited about on the wrestling calendar this year. Whether it's All In, whether it's Screw the Indies and the Revolution, and all I care about is Summerslam and Money in the Bank. Okada Omega Four is now the must see event of this entire year. Whether you think it's too soon, whether you, whether anything like this, I want to see what what other song do they have for us, Adam? Because those first three matches were you know pretty different to a certain degree in terms of the booking and the style. I am so damn fired up for this.
1: It's appointment viewing. And what what we failed to mention is the, the draw. So the, they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The draw was a 60-minute time limit draw. So if that's the case, and this is an untimed match, holy cow, are we going to see a two-hour wrestling match? Like, that's what I want to know. Are they going to go in Dominion and have this Jericho Naito match, you know, like, way early, and we're like, oh, what's the next match? And then it's Okada Omega, and it just takes up the final two hours of the show. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm so, I'm so juiced about it. I don't—I thought the—with New Japan, what a lot of people need to realize, they don't necessarily build up long-term storylines to get to a match all the time. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. This was really just Okada beat Tanahashi, and we do need to talk about that, like, immediately after this. Um, and basically said, who's left? There's no one left for me. I've beaten everyone. I've set the record for title defenses. Well, the only guy to really get a win over me recently is Kenny Omega. Let's do it one more time. And the American announcers, I don't know what the Japanese broadcast was, but the American announcers referred to him over and over again as the corporate champion, almost in a way to paint him as a heel against a newly faced Omega who has turned... Obviously, ever since you know linking back up with Abucha, that makes sense just because Okada acted like a heel against Tanahashi, the ultimate babyface, where he had been a
0: babyface himself for for months, for years.
1: It just seems so strange. I don't. I'm not. I haven't watched the product long enough to understand all the intricacies there. And if this is really a heel turn, or if it's just setting up the sides for the match so fans know who to root for, and it's very difficult because it's Don Callis, right on the yes. on the call. He obviously is a Kenny Omega guy in storyline, right? So he's, of course, going to be against uh, Okada. So I'm not sure if that was it or if it was purpose storytelling, like what WWE will do. Well, They'll just hammer you over the head with, this is how you should feel about this guy in order to move the storyline. So I'm not sure what it was. I just found it extremely interesting. And it was t- it's told so well in New Japan. It's so easy. The booking's easy. But- I want to fight this guy. Here's why. Let's do it. And, and that's
0: it. And when you have grit around that, when you have realism right. around that, when you have creative freedom around that, I mean, not full creative, I mean, there's a booker that, you know, but you're, you're trusted to, to kind of just do what you want and play the song you want to play. And I want to get into the crowd for a second. This is how it plays into this incredible match. Okada against Tanahashi. Tanahashi the longtime John Cena, the 41-year-old, constantly injured now, but still can bring it, just, just
1: exude stardom. Literally but, referred to as the Ace of New Japan. You know, for got
0: that incredible air guitar gimmick. Okada going over him. This was a passing of the torch. They have this epic 34 minute match. Now the crowds in Japan, in general, are very tame. You'll hear yes. that in MMA and boxing. It's like they don't know it. Like they're they're you know the the competitors that aren't used to going over there. Like when Tyson went over to fight Douglas, for example, in boxing. You don't you don't hear a peep out of the crowd. But the one thing they do incredibly well is heat up. Because it, I feel like it's still real to them, damn it. And they heat up in the main event, specifically for their hometown guys, at a level that I don't feel in the States. And the way that Okada and Tanahashi had the crowd playing out of their hand like two symphony conductors in the last 10 minutes of this 35-minute classic was incredible. You could not watch that and not just full field spot activation, almost get out of your seat, like... The core of what made you a wrestling fan to begin with is what gets exposed and pulled out when you're watching a match this good. I don't think, I don't even know if five stars is enough because the way that it ended with the constant near falls and, and scares and, oh, this guy's got his finisher ready, but no, we reversed it into this and ace twice using Okada's finishers, but only getting 2.75 on the count. You, you need to soak off afterwards. Like, you, you need to soak down. You need to pour some water on those balls. I mean, it's, it's just, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, I don't know what what Dave uh, Meltzer rated it. Not that it necessarily matters where we go by that, but we certainly obviously hold him in esteem. Um, But I don't know if it was a five-star match, really. It was, dude, I mean, it's it's picking nits, 4.75, whatever the case, whatever we want to call it. It was so well told. It was so exciting. Um, It was not my match of the year by any means. That's not discounting it in any way. But what I've seen three times from NXT already this calendar year just beats it, Simple. Okay, well, it, it it's, crowd, as easy as that
0: I want to ask you about the crowd because it's so oh pure, the crowd that, sorry that's but it's getting. so pure that can American crowds not get to that level now okay because I want to say look the only time recently an American crowd was maybe Gargano Almas at NXT Philadelphia because people are so genuinely behind Gargano but this is so pure this Okada Tanahashi crowd can we do that in the States
1: so Gargano or Ciampa also, fits that fits that mold. Um, no, we can't. And the reason why is any crowd you go to in WWE now, even if it's not a big city, right? We know notoriously the big cities, Chicago, New York, when they go to London, et cetera, are filled with smarks. It's like 90%, right? Smarks. But even when you go to some of these smaller towns, not smaller towns, but Indianapolis or, or Miami or wherever, a good portion of the crowd knows what's happening. They're in on it now okay? That's what the Attitude Era did. It brought realism into wrestling and fan, and with the advent of the internet, of course, obviously, on top of it, fans smartened up to the product. They know who they like and they try to tell WWE what they want to happen. New Japan is still in a stage where they're almost in their Attitude Era now, where, they, uh, where it's not, they haven't smart, the fans haven't smartened up yet, but they're bringing realism into the yes. product and they're still able to say this is who you need to cheer for and the fans go along with it because it's okay. The fans, you have to remember though, The fans still loved and recognized heel Omega, heel Naito. Naito may be the most over guy in the company, and he's worked as a heel for the last three years. But so they – that's where it is. They're sitting on – it looks like they're sitting on their hands, but they're respecting the art and the craft, and they're cheering for that. Not necessarily the characters that are being placed in front of them. That they still go – they cheer with the face. They boo the heels. It's very easy. Yeah, that's a
0: fair way to, to sum it up. It's, it's just definitely different and pure. Now, I want to mention one more thing. This match, Will Ospreay against Kushida for the Junior Heavyweight Championship with Osprey defending his title. This was the co-main event of the second night uh, if anyone out there has not seen this match, whether you're Revolution or not, whether you have access to the New Japan World site or not, I mean, seriously, DM me and I'll give you my access. I want you to see this so bad. This is uh, I mean, this is a five-star match that was absolutely electric and incredible. Uh, you know, right away, I was like, this might be my favorite match of the year. Like, maybe, you know, we, we mentioned a couple of great matches already. I mean, that tag team match strong style evolved was it was incredible it needs to be in the conversation but what Osprey and Kushida were able to do in terms of selling out their body and keeping that drama going I mean you talk about back-to-back matches this match and then Okada Tanahashi in a row that hour of your life show me a more entertaining hour of your life to sit down and watch watch this Osprey Kushida match this is everything that's great about junior heavyweights cruiserweights about that style uh, everyone knows about Osprey at this point, but holy crap, that deserves its own 10 seconds just to savor how great it was.
1: No, it does. It was great. I'm still not with you um, comparing it to best match of the year. I mean, it's in the discussion at the end of the year. It, it'll be on the list, you know, that we'll think about. But it, these matches, while they were all very good, top quality, like it's picking nits, like I said. Um, I think it's. I think you're forgetting and maybe need to rewatch some of the stuff NXT's done recently, you know, that that we have said. Five star match, best star, best match I've ever seen in X amount of time, best match ever in NXT. I mean, we we called some of these matches best NXT match ever,
0: and it's true. NXT is operating at such a high so, level. So I'm just saying, I'm
1: just saying, let's not take it to the total extreme of match of the year. Well, I think there's when a it was reason. very good. Well, hold on, it was very good with Osprey, but him slowly killing himself in the ring does not, in my opinion, make a great match. There's other elements that need to be accounted for. Storytelling, so on oh, and so forth. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this match didn't have it. But I'm saying other matches had it way better where just him being crazy and on a unfortunate knock-on-wood dynamite kid path right now, which, God forbid, oh, I don't want that to happen. But that's what he's doing right now. And just because he does that, I'm not going to say that's the greatest match of the year.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man.
1: I, you know, I just think sometimes
0: it's the difference where, yes, I don't forget all that great stuff we saw in NXT. I just think when New... Japan is operating at this level, there's nobody else. Like, NXT's really close, but they're they're even not there. This is a level of wrestling that's just higher, better. No, they don't do it as consistently as enough for the commercial revolution to be real, right? If they were doing it if they w- if they were able to do it over an entire card and had weekly shows to pull you in and hook you, then it would be a real competition. It would be the 90s all over again. It's not. It's a critical competition, but that's what the revolution is. But it's not at that level. But I'm, I defy anybody to watch the best of NJPW and not come out of there and going, yep, that, that's better than anything WWE can give me right now.
1: See, what you just said is where we differ on the revolution talk. Critically, no question. What New Japan is doing is incredible, but it's playing to a niche audience. Until it becomes a little bit more widespread until I can watch this product and not the, I'm being honest, terrible ring of honor product on American TV consistently. I don't care if it's at 3am. Okay. Like ECW used to be until I can do that. There's no revolution because it's not going to be able to penetrate revolution will only happen when it can penetrate the marketplace and change can act. It'll force change or at least force other companies to recognize what's going on right now. Even though WWE is, you know, picking AJ Styles, picking Shinsuke Nakamura, so on and so forth, they're able to do that because they're the WWE. They're not doing it because they're worried about New Japan surpassing them. When there's an inkling of that potentially happening or they, they are legitimately threatened that's when you can call it a revolution. But you know what? I'm
0: kind of happy where the revolution is at personally in this sense. It's almost like music because look, this is art. This wrestling is art, just like music. I don't want to listen to the albums that are on the pop charts that that everybody who doesn't, that everybody who can't hear Jimmy is listening to, right? I want to listen to the stuff, a band that I can go see in a club that's doing great stuff, but they don't need or care about being on the iTunes charts. I think it's at that point now with wrestling, technology is spread out so much where you can access all this stuff where, you know what? Who cares about the commercial revolution? It really is about the critical revolution. And for me personally, as a fan, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for our listeners, but for me as a fan, this is the product I want. I want this to be my wrestling product, not commercial WWE. This yes. WWE sometimes takes some of this and to their credit, adjust to that. But I think this week was a great indication of why I am so into this when it's this good. And it is. And just a quick shout out for that first night of the dunk, Taku card, the Cody, Koda abushi match, definitely worth watching. Slow start, definitely worth yeah. watching. Cody goes through a table. And the Kenny Omega Hangman Page main event is basically a five, four and a half, four and three quarter match. Really? And if you want to see somebody make a leap, watch that match because it's the Bucks. In shoot interviews, I've been talking about Hangman Page is the next one that's going to come out of the Bullet Club and come out of Japan and be a star. And each time they said that, I'm like, you know, I like Hangman Page, but... You know, I watch him on Being the Elite. He's not really moving the needle. Watch this match against Kenny Omega. He's there. Full moonsault off the top rope for a 245-pound guy. He is really something he's getting. I,
1: I think we've seen massive improvement from him. I obviously love Kota Ibushi. I don't agree whatsoever that these these are, these are matches are much must-watch for storyline purposes. But in terms of going out of your way to watch these matches, I am not there at all. I th- neither of these impressed me.
0: At all. Wow! Wow! I wish I really wish you could hear Jimmy. I really, I really wish you could. It's uh, wow. So here's what I'll say about the rest of the these cards to close here. The, there is a gluttony of six man, ten man tag matches, and for a while it was almost annoying me. Like you know, like when you watch the G one each day, you really only need to watch the G one matches, right? I was skipping over all right. the tag team matches. I finally realized what these tag team matches are. They're Raw and SmackDown. They are. Wrestling that's not five star, but it's still pretty damn good. But it's setting the stage storyline for the next day or the next card or the next week. So, what NJPW doesn't give us is these in between shows to move the story across. But if you do watch the whole card, you do end up getting it. I mean, in this, I saw some 10 tag team, 10 man match that had Omega and Cody. Omega took off his shirt and threw it in the crowd. Cody rampaged through the crowd. Yeah, there was a woman with a sick mask on, and he like wrestled it out of her arms. Like, there's little moments like that that are just absolute gold.
1: I'm in. I'm in. No, that 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 was great. But um, I think the truth is, the perfection is a happy medium between main event slash top tier NJPW wrestling and WWE when it's working, storytelling, production, etc. Yeah, and the truth is. WWE has the ability to do what NJPW is, is doing from a match quality perspective because they have the horses. They're just not doing it. So I'm with you in that you're telling me there's a wrestling match to watch and all things are equal unless it's, unless it's NXT. If it's main roster, WWE, and NJPW, I would probably much rather watch the NJPW match. But to watch a show, Raw versus one of these shows that's not Dantaku or Dominion or like a pay-per-view, I'm going to watch WWE and I'm going to be more entertained by it because so much of this doesn't matter and really is not relevant in New Japan. Like, no, the best it does for the overall the best of it line,
0: it's just told differently. But look, uh, agree to disagree on that. I mean, we
1: agree to disagree. We have a fight. We have an adult beverage, whatever. Right. Man to man. That's how men do it. Mano
0: Okay. That's how men do it. All right.
1: So, just just to wrap this up before we do move on and talk some WWE BC, um, on Dominion, we not only have Okada Omega 4, like we said, best of three falls. Um, no time limit for the heavyweight championship. We have the Naito Jericho match. Is that? Are you sure that's for the Intercontinental title? Yes. If that's the case, as much as I think Jericho should just be spot performer, it would be awesome if he extended his quote unquote Intercontinental title record by adding one more. That would be cool if they ha- that happened. But regardless, of that we have Evil and Sonata who are awesome and only getting better against the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. That's great. We have Rey Mysterio against the to be announced opponent. Rey Mysterio is making up for that strong style evolved event he missed due to the torn bicep. And we have a couple other matches, including Will Ospreay against the best of the super juniors. This is a loaded card. It's SummerSlam level in terms of booking.
0: And now here's what I want to say about the rest of the year. We know WWE is going to heat up at certain points, money in the bank, SummerSlam. Here's the rest of the year for the revolution. If you care about what we just talked about, if you didn't fast forward through it, you get the best of the super juniors tournament coming up from May ending June 4th. You got Dominion June 9th, which is like their SummerSlam. Then you have the G1 special in USA in San Fran on July 7th, which should be a loaded card. I'm sure it's going to be on access. And then you start that G1 tournament, July 14th to August 12th. We don't know who's going to be in it yet. We do know it's going to be hot fire and arguably the best wrestling you'll see all year. And then to have all in on September 1st, and we already know some of the NJPW stars will be in that, the the big names at least. Look, for the people that don't just watch WWE, this is going to be one heck of a summer.
1: It is. uh, You know, I'm going to skip the best of the Super Juniors because I have a life. And it's just, if there's a great Osprey match and someone tells me it's there, I will watch it. There's a great Marty Skrull. What's the right way to say his name? I don't even know.
0: Skrull. Come on. The villain.
1: Skrull. Okay, I said it right. I said it right then. Um, If there's a great Marty match, I will watch that. Outside of that, man, I'm not spending three weeks watching Super Junior NJPW where these guys Okada, Naito, Omega are not involved. It's not worth it. But Dominion June 9th, we're going to be there for that. We'll cover it somehow uh, on CBSSports.com, and it's going to be great. But B.C., we just I indulged you, although I agreed with it completely. Talking New Japan to open this show, we were positive. Double powers of positivity to open things up. Now let's talk WWE. Yeah. Backlash on Sunday. This is the second part of our main event, by the way. Backlash on Sunday personified what is wrong with WWE in nearly every possible way. We're going to get into it bit by bit here, but what offended you the most coming out of this show?
0: Uh, Great question. Because look, throughout the top, it's not the worst pay-per-view card ever. So we do have to pull back from that. It had a match of the year contender in Rollins Miz. It had a Shinsuke AJ match that reasons to hate it but certainly reasons to love it the rest of it pretty average but really it was the lack of lack of sense by WWE by putting Roman Reigns on last year the lack of care for the fan base knowing that just by putting a non-title Reigns Joe match with really no storyline in your main event and
1: not putting AJ
0: and Nakamura again for the second for the
1: WWE championship
0: is right away like a sort of a middle finger, to be really honest with you. And then to book that match, Reigns and Joe, in the most predictable Super Cena comeback way for Reigns is so tone-deaf, so absurdly tone-deaf that it's really an insult. It's a middle finger because I was already fatigued coming off of Greatest Royal Rumble, which disappointed and left me feeling bad. The week in between it was okay, wasn't great. And then to come back on this pay-per-view... And to try to amp myself up to care and have optimism and hope they can win me over, it was a complete mail-in, a complete mail-in creatively. Not the worst show ever, but the worst time for this type of booking when we're beaten down and not happy to begin with. And I have one interesting question I did get here that I do want to read. In and... Good friend of the show, Rob Lopez, tweets us a lot at r0bato, B-A-T-O. He wants to know, Adam... For all, the, for all the backlash against backlash, if we had only flipped this card in terms of the running order with Joe Reigns to start and the IC match to end, how different would our reaction be? How good was it? Here's what I'll say to Rob, and I want to hear your thoughts on there. That doesn't excuse WWE by saying, well, if, hey, if they, if they would have flipped the order, you'd be happy right now. They didn't flip the order because they're stubborn and because they're, 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 not, they're not in please the fan mode. So they don't get that pass. But yes, if they had done it differently, just like we say about certain WrestleMania cards, yes, our reaction would have been different. But they didn't. And that's why I am literally was this week only watching Raw SmackDown because I have to for this show. I'm legitimately being honest
1: with you. Yeah. um, I mean, your answer to that question is probably correct. It would have been weird if if we are going to go down that lane for the IC title to come after the WWE title. But... Yeah. I mean, in theory, if you just what he's really saying is if you flip the first match in the last match, would it have been a better show? And the answer is yes. There's no reason that Roman Reigns could not have opened that show. OK, there's no reason that Roman Reigns couldn't have come in the AJ. They, there's no reason they couldn't have flipped the Reigns match with the AJ Nakamura match. My what offended me the most because I proposed the question to you. It's the same thing, but for a different reason. Not only is WWE insulting our intelligence with Reigns and with Samoa Joe, but they have devalued the WWE Championship to such a degree that it cannot even main event a second-tier pay-per-view on a card that does not have the Universal Championship and has a Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns match, which, while two really good performers, and while if they had actually built the storyline – would have been good, and they could have booked the match way better, the rest holds were ridiculous, so on and so forth. But they still don't have the, t- the signature title in wrestling history in the main event of the show, and they've now taken a storyline with Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles that all of the smarks and everyone else marked out for that it was going to happen at WrestleMania. We have now seen it three times in four weeks with two false finishes, or, or BS finishes, Fuzzles. whatever you want to call it, And the general storyline of this that they just refused to build before WrestleMania because they were so focused on the Royal Rumble and they had to have the other matches at Elimination Chamber and whatever else. Instead of building the storyline then, it completely revolves around (laughs) crotch shots. I don't mind them doing that when he turned heel. I don't mind them having Nakamura do that and and continue that. That's okay. I'm sure that those guys are buying into that in some way. But the whole storyline is crotch shots at this point. Right, it's not the prestige
0: of the title. It's not their history in Japan against each other. It's none of that.
1: These are two of the best wrestlers ever. WWE has them. They had the fans eating out of their hands, and they literally threw it to crap. Now, can they potentially save it? I think they can, and we'll get into that later. But but I don't
0: want them to to get the glory of saving it when you do stuff like that. So, look, I'm not that mad by Styles and Nakamura in reality. It should have been the main event. They they are devaluing the title. I don't know if it's just because I popped for ball kicks. I do, and I popped for a double ball kick, and the match was really good. It was a horrendous finish, a crappy finish, but it was sort of ironic enough that... It's sort of like popping for Great Balls of Fire, right? It's that same thing where I'm like, I know Vince likes this crap. The match was really good. I'm really not that mad. You know what I'm almost double as mad about, though, to be really honest with you? And that range joe match, you mentioned it. There was like an eight-minute rest-hold stretch, which is in the main event of a match that nobody wants on a pay-per-view. Like After 11 p.m. That's okay. So that's like... So for anybody saying don't complain or for anybody saying anything to excuse that, that is the most blatant middle finger to your fan base. That is like, so, you know, I figured we'd get into it later, but I almost feel like WWE knows they're going to turn Roman Reigns heel. So to make that moment be everything they want it to be, they are going to make you as upset now about him getting a babyface puss as you possibly
1: can. And you know what? If that happens, BC, and if it happens relatively soon— and they worked us, and we, and, and we worked ourselves into a shoot, good for them. I will give them every piece of credit in the world if them doing that with Samoa Joe and giving Roman Reigns versus Jinder, which seems to be in hopes that, at least as of right now, unless they are working us, in hopes that we will cheer Roman by putting him up against the only other guy that everyone loves to boo, okay? If that's all a work, I will give them all the credit in the but, world, but, but, then
0: but then it's, but then it's for right now, but then it's it's unacceptable. It's praising troll booking. It's like the, the Dan O'Brien getting to the mountaintop at WrestleMania 30. Yes. Like I always say, greatest moment ever. Right. But we had to get through a lot of crap and pain to get there. And, and but
1: that wasn't planned though. That's true. Fans forced their hand. If this is planned and Vince said, you know what, we're going to keep the title on Brock at WrestleMania. And this is the direction we're going to go. And we're going to work them. And we're going to turn them heel either at money in the bank or SummerSlam. I'm okay with that if that's their plan but there's no indication whatsoever that that's their plan and they are and if that is the case they have taken a guy in Roman Reigns who could have been the guy Vince wants him to be and completely and utterly ruined him in every conceivable way. I used to I used to jump in whenever you
0: said that, but it's literally getting to the point where there's no, there's no defense anymore. There's no like, well, he's still getting cheers and booze at the same time. No, now it's, it's to not. the point where he has to be mad. We're mad. So unless it's a long play to a heel turn, which they'll get the pop for, but it's like, why does it have to be so bad to get there? Why can't you do it the right way? People were literally walking out. So I thought when they were, people were literally walking out of the main event early. That we've seen bad endings to pay-per-views before, and they always come back on Monday night and go, all right, we screwed up. Here's something really awesome that we've been holding or that we just decided, you know what, we got to throw them a bone. And that did not happen this week. So it's really like a double and triple down on the whole they don't care thing. And. Sorry, I'm fumbling around here. And they are, we are going <laughs> to get to that in a second, but we did have one of our loyalist listeners, Brian Napier, at It's Napes, who was in attendance. I wanted to get a little paragraph from him, you know, what it was like in there. And he was like, look, Samoa Roman, man, this sucked. CM Punk, Rusev Day Chance beat the traffic Chance all broke out. The crowd was definitely rooting for Joe and got behind him with a few chants. But Roman would gain an advantage and kill all the heat. And immediately following the pinfall, almost everyone nearby was out of their section before Roman even started to head to the back. That's not counting the people that left early. It was like this. He said he had a fun experience, fun pay-per-view, but the horrible finishes, the pointless Strowman match, the boring Roman stuff, it took what could have been a really dope show and turned it into a pretty average show especially because he couldn't buy a Rusev Day at any of the merch stands. And Brian Napier says, P.S., shout out to Costos on HQ. He's awesome on there. He is awesome on there. Nick Costos is. Yeah. So, so Napes. Uh, and also, he said Naya, by the way, got booed heavily during she her did. Anti, anti-bullying yeah. speech from inside the arena. So- oh, God.
1: Oh, God. I, we Like, we don't have a spot in the show. I have to stop you. That's one of the worst things. Like, something else that we'll talk about later is the worst thing I've ever seen on WWE TV. And I say that now, somewhat exaggerating. That's the second worst. That was one of the worst scripted promos, made no sense, and literally made the fans boo her. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no,
0: so it's it's like, you know, Napes really just kind of put into a picture there. Like, they're walking out of the arena, yet WWE doesn't come back on Monday and give us something major to make it all feel good and make sense. So they deserve the backlash for backlash. And by the way, you had no Ronda Rousey and no Brock Lesnar at that event. And we're getting to the point now that we know that Dirt sheets are telling us Lesnar might not be expected to return until SummerSlam. I am a big Brock Lesnar guy. Yes. And I can't defend this anymore.
1: So I had zero issue with neither of them being at that show. It's not a show that needed them. We knew it was a placeholder pay-per-view coming one week after the greatest Royal Rumble where Brock Lesnar worked the match. Okay. And if you know how I feel about him, he should be there every week or, or way more often than he is. But one week after going to Saudi Arabia based on his contract, I have no issue with him not doing that. You you fix that by putting the WWE title in the main event. It, it, it shows you, by the way, BC, I have to bring this up. We're talking about the SmackDown A-Show argument, and I said just because the show is a little bit better doesn't make it the A-Show. That backlash pay-per-view told you that SmackDown has no chance of being the A-Show when they can't put the company's signature title in the main event. But just for record purposes, I'm not saying – I've never said
0: WWE recognizes it I know, as the A-show. I'm saying it's the more entertaining show, but you're right. It, it's completely bastardized. I, I it just makes...
1: had to bring it up. But I don't mind – look, Ronda Rousey's wrestling quote-unquote full-time, right? She's a full-time employee. But if anyone expects her to be there every single week at every Raw and at every house show, it's not going to happen. She's going to do house shows on the European tour. I'm sure she'll do an MSG house show and some stuff in the U.S. Cool. She'll be on Raw most weeks, and she'll be at most pay-per-views. What's the problem with that? I really don't have any. Uh, there just, were way more offensive things. Right,
0: but it's sort of the thing when you're having a pay-per-view main event that people walked out on, and you have these two other stars. It's just sort of extra I, insult to injury. That I'm not— didn't create something that that— I mean, Roman shouldn't have been main eventing without the title, without a storyline. There's no happen, question. So.
1: There's no there's no question about that. So we obviously agree.
0: Vince doesn't like AJ and Shinsuke on that level. It's certainly obvious, right? They're not WWE guys. They're indie and Triple H guys. Let's be real. Let's put all the cards on the table. Those are not Vince guys right there, even with the new song that I absolutely love, even though you hate that really cool part in it. Oh, yeah. Drink it in man. Just
1: soak that in
0: yeah, well, Vince doesn't like that all right he doesn't like that. you gotta have somebody in there at least that Vince likes that the crowd likes too.
1: I've come around a little bit on that song, not completely, but the audio playback on like the first show it debuted on. I just hated it. And ever since they've used it on SmackDown and stuff, it's, it's a better. bad take. It's...
0: You got to take the L. Our listeners. Won't no, no, no it's,
1: it's not a bad take. I do stand by it, but it's, um, it's better than I thought it was. All right. I we know, we
0: bad. know this is an operation where Vince stamps every idea at the end until Vince is gone. It's a Vince run operation, but somebody has got to step up and, and basically
1: I want nothing to do
0: with you guys. If you guys want to run this company to ground, you can do it without me. Thank you, Kevin Nash. Somebody on the inside has got to say that and obviously financially they're not running it to the ground and that's part of the problem but somebody's got to step up and say the creative is not working.
1: It's just not and I I went on like a mini rant on Twitter. I think it was only one tweet but I basically said this is completely unacceptable. you got to fight. you got heads have to roll and the fact that if they are staying put with their writing staffs coming out of let's say money in the bank because they're already starting to book that right like There's no continuity. Things on the TV shows from one match to the next, BC, don't make sense. Why is there a triple threat match for MITB and then a one-on-one match to to qualify? Exactly. Why why isn't isn't Seth Rollins eligible for it on Raw, but Jeff Hardy was eligible for it on SmackDown as the U.S. champion? What are they doing? We need somebody
0: that can go into that office that will get Vince's ear. I think I've got the guy.
1: I'm asking you to do something for this business, not for our legacy— not for the guys in the back. I'm asking you to do something for the fans. I'm asking... Oh, oh.
0: For the fans. Oh, for oh. the people that buy the merch. For the people that fill the seats. Somebody's got to do something. The booking is off, which is why we are transitioning out of the main event, Adam, and getting into a, a, a formerly de- defunct portion of this show that you know I love. Booking the damn territory. Just so you'll know... I don't succumb to public pressure. I could care less what the public wants because quite frankly, I know what they want better than they do. It's all about what I want.
1: You know what? Not anymore. It's not, Vince. It's what we want because we're getting to the point now where it's very clear that all WWE truly cares about is seeing that stock price tick off. Yes. Bit by bit, cent by cent. It's why they pull pyro from shows. It's why they stop doing special sets for pay-per-views. It's why they only sign like – they're not signing Rousey to please us. They're signing Rousey because it's ratings. And they know people that are not WWE fans are going to watch or are casual WWE fans are going to watch just for her. So BC, there's a lot wrong with WWE right now. We want to book the damn territory. And I want to tell you separately, and maybe we'll hit this at the end of the segment, what the hell WWE can do to make its product more attractive. Where do you want to start?
0: I want to start in in, in macro, in basic here. I want to start – that it's a. What are they going to do? Care again? So Vince is this grand storyteller, right? Like he has always fashioned himself a maker of movies within the pro wrestling sphere, mm-hmm. right? He was playing checkers while the old guard in the '80s, or sorry, he's playing chess while everybody else was was playing checkers. I mean, there's no question about it. He was so far ahead of the game in production and everything. But since the company went public, and since conveniently from that point forward. They've really never faced enough of a legit threat, right, in terms of competition and really anything financial in terms of adversity that would necessitate change. So just like people change when they get money, right? It's sort of like that. WWE is all about the money. They're on top. They're undefeated. They've been unshaken for so long. Look, save for like some scandals. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not gonna say the Benoit thing wasn't a really bad situation for them. I'm not discounting anything like that. But the company went PG for financial reasons and they're so successful financially right now that Vince is like drunk on the things like you mentioned in the past that somebody his age with that much money would be about. Things like stock prices, things like expanding globally, things like developing superstars who move t-shirts and fill live events, but no longer, I'm like focused on the things like compelling week to week storylines, the things that got us into it, right? The cohesiveness that leaves you wanting more, touches you emotionally, legitimately makes you suspend your disbelief to not only whether it's real or not, but like, I'm not worrying about the problems in my life because this show is so damn compelling. That's kind of gone on a macro level, and there's things that got them here pleasing the fans, right? May Having the booking make sense, building crossover stars that they're not doing. They're building stars who can sell T-shirts, but they're, they're not building because of this 50-50 booking sy- syndrome. They're not building legitimate stars. I mean, there's a major macro problem that we see played out in micro ways every single week.
1: They're, bar- they're, they're building stars who can sell T-shirts that kids will want as action figures and that can go – and do Be A Star or Make A Wish or all these charity things, which, sorry, Stephanie, you still, you you tweeted it out and you, it's still on your Twitter account and it's like a couple of years old now, but WWE sees charity as a marketing vehicle. And that's okay because they're a corporation and I told you after the Greatest Royal Rumble, not going to be blind to that anymore. But when it is affecting their core product, there is a major problem. I'm not a big listener on the uh Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Richard not cuz I don't like it I just never really listened to it I didn't know honestly I didn't know it existed and was a big deal um but I've recently started watching uh some of it on the WWE network and what I took away from it is that he he was talking about you know 95 96 right the Shawn Michaels storylines they are planning these things out 7 8 months in advance yes and when things happen whether it be Vince just changing his mind or someone getting hurt and them needing to divert away from it, they all sit down and not just put a plan in place for the next week or the next pay-per-view, but up until the big show that they need to to fix. And that's what WWE, it's obvious, is not doing anymore. Or if they are, then they got idiots doing it. Because well, it's, it's just it's, not it's working. It's filling
0: ratings for this hour. So let's grab two guys who aren't even working together. That are big stars put them together for this match. It doesn't matter, so that will hold people sitting down. It's it's all about those financial reasons. When you know, Adam, the money will be there if the product's really good. Like it, it'll you'll get there anyway.
1: What what was the pay per view where uh, Roman Reigns? You know, was supposed to be Shield against Misraj, or whatever. What TLC? Okay, WWE's booking now is like booking for TLC, where they in two weeks had to like ch- change that entire card because Roman was sick, someone got hurt, so Ray on Wyatt. and so forth. That's their booking now. There's no cohesiveness. There's nothing week to week, show to show. They're they're having, Brian, Monday and Tuesday night, they had tag teams cutting promos for the Money in the Bank matches. (laughs) Why? If they are going to announce a Money in the Bank tag team match, which has been rumored, then do it and then have the promos. If not, what are these for? You're telling me the, one of the members of the Ascension is going to be in the Met, of the Met eight people featured in the men's money in the bank match? You know where one of the members of the Ascension will be vaping next to a homeless guy in the streets of New Orleans? Because that's where I
0: saw one of them. And I won't tell you which one, but Robbie Snyder was there. He'll tell you. Wow.
1: We will. All right. So before, like you said, before we get maybe to some of this specific booking, I also want to talk about just the bigger general problems, okay? For me, the number one thing is their long-term scheduling, not the storylines, but the concept of, and I discussed this I think last week, literally going WrestleMania, debuts after WrestleMania, like Lashley, okay, and those guys, Superstar shakeup the following week, a R- Greatest Royal Rumble two weeks later, or one week later, and then Backlash a week after that. That is so ill-conceived and stupid. It's just stupid to try to force-feed that many things in. WWE, they have to decide, A, we're either going to do the Shake-Up and the debuts before Backlash. And have Backlash be new storylines. Or we're going to do a pay-per-view that is the rematch stuff from WrestleMania, which sometimes you have to do because not every storyline can get fleshed out. And then we'll do the Superstar Shakeup the Monday after. they got to pick one. But into that as well, BC, I think we saw at Backlash doing dual-brand shows with this many people with this many titles is a failure every single month. I think they really have to go Raw, SmackDown every other month and dual-brand for the big five shows.
0: That's an interesting thought. If they did that, it would make the week-to-week product in theory better because there's more yeah. things that you'd give on regular TV. That's a great thought. They almost have they're, they're too, many good, too many pawns on the board right now. They don't know what to do with in that sense. But the point you made about the schedule not making sense and all the little details are so easy to see through that they don't have ironed out, it instantly makes you lose confidence in the right. people presenting the story to you. Now, there are hardcore fans in, in so, many of the years I'm in that category that are going to watch anyway that are legitimately going to watch anyway because we're addicted to this product and we know how good it is from Rumble the Mania and we're going to watch anyway. But there are those other fans, the floaters, the lapsed fans, the casual ones, who can sniff this out in a second. It's why boxing, my favorite sport, has problems keeping fans there because there's no government central body who makes sure the best fight the best and you tune in you go... Why is this guy fighting? It makes no sense. WWE is that in storyline form. You control the storyline, WWE. You can, make, you can make all these things connect. It's just, Yeah, we could be here for hours, but those are the main reasons why. It's not, it really, it's not that hard. You used to do this. Why can't it, you do this anymore?
1: It, it, that's the thing. They used to do it, and they did it forever, and they did it as recently as a year ago, two years ago. It's just gotten progressively worse. And, yeah, every year there's a there's a down period after WrestleMania. We know this. We've come to expect it. But this is way worse. Well, I
0: don't think it's gotten progressively worse. I really think since they've lost legitimate competition and TNA just never really got to that level, you know, even with Hogan, they never got to the level where they were legitimate competition. They have always suffered from this where, you know, I mean, look. The product was really bad in the beginning of this decade for a couple years. Outside of the you know the the huge CM Punk in Shield and Daniel Bryan, before, I'm talking about right before that. It was pretty damn bad. It was pretty damn bad after that too. It's I just think without somebody pushing you, you know they're pushing themselves and they're competing with themselves financially, but no one's creatively pushing. But them. dude,
1: two years ago things were not as bad as they are now. Like in terms of truly week to week not making sense, a total lack of continuity. I mean,
0: we're comparing bed sores at this point. It it all sucks. I'm just saying, I'm
1: just saying we were not that. Listen, we as much as as we have been down about this product and we were down for a while before Great Balls of Fire and SummerSlam last summer. Again, similar time period. We were never this far down and things were never this bad. They have big problems they need to address, not just storyline wise, although I think that's where we're going to go. By the way,
0: every independent that's hot right now, whether NJPW or anybody, you know what they're doing, right? They're doing the little things. They're doing the basic little things really, really well. And that's, you know, along with the athleticism and all that, that is really what is making it. Uh, let's, while we're booking the damn tour tour, let's have a little fun at what should happen moving forward. We know the Money in the Bank match is going to be June 17th for men and women. We know from this week, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, and Rusev have advanced. to. The, is it going to be an eight-man match? Is that official?
1: Four on e- from four from each brand in each match,
0: and we know on the women's side so far, Ember Moon and Charlotte Flair are the two to advance. I mean, who, who, I don't know if you want to say who will win or who should win. Who do you want to win? I whichever direction you want to go. When I, if there's one name that I want with a briefcase, male or female. It's the Miz.
1: Yeah, he's had it though. I like the idea of new people getting the opportunity. What I, I like... don't want
0: anymore is a Carmella Baron Corbin though. Let's let I me mean, seriously. I don't want somebody no, who's yeah. not yet ready, and the the briefcase gets them into a elite storyline to check if they're ready. Guess what? Both not really ready. So we so kind of lost.
1: We did lose last year Money in the Bank. Huge loser, no question about it. Um, and even Carmella now, her being champion, like it's fine that it's different, and it gives Charlotte someone to chase. But she's not good in the ring, and Charlotte shouldn't ever be in matches like that where. She looks that Charlotte didn't look bad, but she should never be in a match. that's under three stars. Like it just shouldn't happen. She's good enough where that should never happen. Um, in terms of who should win. I think Ember Moon out of the people that are already announced is the only one who isn't quote unquote ready. Anyone else that has already been added to this match is ready. I think there's a good storyline to be told with either Finn Balor or Rusev at this point, Finn Balor never getting the universal title, match that he deserved after having to give it up. He was the first champion due to injury. Never got the chance. Has mentioned it like 30 times on WWE TV. I like the idea of him winning the briefcase and either beating Lesnar for it and being that guy coming out in demon makeup with the case, you know, doing that. And that'd be cool. A massive pop, huge face turn. Not face turn, but face enhancement for him. Um, or Roman wins the title finally. And he just cashes it in. And it's a massive face pop for Finn Balor. And then you have a Finn Balor Roman Reigns where Reigns turns heel on him for so on. There's so much they can do with Finn Balor with it. So in theory, what
0: you just said is I said I don't want somebody like Baron Corbin who's not ready. You're in the right category. People that are ready but there's no room for them in the larger title picture. So by giving them the case, it puts them on that level where they belong. And it
1: forces their way into it. Like Dolph Ziggler, when he won, the fans went crazy. He was a heel. The fans went nuts. Because it was unexpected that he won, and it was unexpected that he would cash in successfully. And I think with Balor against Reigns or Lesnar, you have that. And then Rusev on SmackDown is so interesting that they had him beat Brian Clean. I understand why storyline-wise. But it would be so cool for this AJ Nakamura thing to play out, either with a retention or not. And Rusev cashes it in that night, you know, or whatever the case. Get uh, a pop. I think, think it would be so awesome.
0: So I mentioned Brian, and of course, tying in I'm sorry, I mentioned The Miz, and that would tie into Daniel Bryan, and you can do amazing things with that storyline. The Miz as a heel with a heel trinket, which is the Money in the Bank case, would be fantastic. What about the idea of Roman playing his way into it, Roman winning the briefcase, and then we go full on heel turn from there, where he doesn't officially heel turn, but he's going to act like a heel, he's going to get booed like a heel, and the threat of him cashing in at any point, and you can then pick your baby face over the next year as for WWE. Whether you love AJ the most, whether you love Daniel Bryan the most, or whether you love Seth Rollins the most, having Roman heel cash in on one of them to spoil the parade would be monster.
1: So I think it. I think what they're doing by going four and four like that is the briefcase goes to the brand of the winner. I, I don't think they're making it all encompassing where you can cash in anywhere. So I lo- I honestly love the idea of Reigns winning it. And saying, and because they're playing up the storyline that, which is terrible and they're not explaining it well, but they're playing up the storyline that the company's against him, which is not true. And that's one of the biggest problems with his booking. Um, right. They won't give they're, it, they're, they're not going to give him any more title matches. They're bad
0: for him. They're still three years later trying to
1: make us feel bad for him. It's not going to work. It's crazy. But, but that he's, he's, like, they need Kurt Angle to say, Roman, you've been given enough chances. I'll allow you in this match, but I'm not going to give you another title match for Brock Lesnar. Then he wins money in the bank. And then as a threat to Lesnar, maybe Lesnar-Joe happens. Well, not Lesnar-Joe, but Lesnar-Strowman happens again. Maybe Lesnar beats Strowman again, but he's dead. And Reigns cashes in and beats him. Like, that, and then he turns heel. That's so good. It's so easy. We're booking this, BC. We don't have anything written down. But if these things can happen in our head in a conversation like this, WWE has to be able to do it.
0: And I want to get to 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 our SummerSlam 8 event in a second. Sure. But I did want to say, when I mentioned the prospects of people facing Roman under that scenario we need because of Seth Rollins getting to the level where you are calling him the best wrestler in the world we need a Reigns-Rollins mega feud and I don't mean like we've had you know we had a couple times we have little tastes of it There's only a few things in life that are certain death taxes and Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns every single time but we need a mega feud because it's basically the guy WWE thinks is the guy that they pulled from, you know, from the shield that had the best potential. And then Rollins is essentially the guy that we think. And it, if Rollins played the heel in that, I mean, it's just it's print money, print the damn money print
1: it. I also wouldn't mind an Ambrose returning and getting involved. Like you're saying SummerSlam, but WrestleMania 35 main event. I know we want the women, you know, we want so on and so forth. AJ Nakamura, whatever, but a shield triple threat. Where Reigns is the heel, Rollins oh, is the God, face, so and Ambrose is somewhere in between.
0: Or Ambrose Cash.
1: So Ambrose is
0: a, is a is a guy we're not talking about. That if he can win the Money in the Bank, that's interesting. If he comes back and Jason I don't Jordan, think he's cleared. Jason Jordan is, is also no, another one who could be good with the case where he could be really annoying. Yeah, but J-
1: forcing Jason Jordan to WWE champ or Universal champ or anything without even having a mid card run in well, him, you and don't having have him to be-
0: win it. That's the thing. You can just get your yeah. star off of owning it, and then you but can you know what? I'm, fail but the I'm, cash. but
1: when they but when they don't win, it's it really hurts them. Like when Baron Corbin didn't win and failed, it was like, "Oh, didn't Sandow this guy's nothing. not win once?" Cena did not win. He he uh no, Cena cashed Damien it Sandow? in. What's up? Didn't what Damian
0: Sandow uh fail his cash-in? If he had it, which he might have, then yes, he did. Against fail. John Cena, right. Yeah, 2000. Every
1: failure has involved John Cena. Interesting. Every single one. All either right. Cena's either Cena's ca- Cena won it and cashed it in as a set match to get himself a match like at an event. Lost that match, um, and every other time that it's been that's cashed interesting. In. It's like
0: the Sports Illustrated curse, right there. You know the cover curse. If you don't cash in, you go in the negative direction. Look at look at Baron Corbin's weird belly button. Maybe that's true. All right. So <laughs> if I'm booking a SummerSlam main event, they owe Braun Strowman big time right now. They they can't tread water anymore on Braun Strowman. They can't. I, I'm look. I, I love him shoulder tackling Kevin Owens outside the ring. It's like the 50th time we've seen it. I love Enough. him after yeah. a main event giving five extra power slams. I'm I'm really getting bored with it. I'm bored, brother. So here's what you got to do. We thought they were going to have Roman be the one that climbs the Brock mountain. It's really got to be Strowman at this point. That's got to be your SummerSlam main event. Braun Strowman, Brock
1: Lesnar. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Nobody's turned, more over. Nobody's more over. They've turned, well, AJ Styles is more over. They turned Strowman into, and Rollins is more over. They turned Strowman into this soft giant where he used to be a total badass that you're scared of. I'm not like, like the best Braun Strowman, the best Braun Strowman was one year ago. Last summer was his peak, and he has been watered down. Nicholas played into part of it. The fact that he's teaming with Lashley now, like mind boggling. Um, it's all playing into this. He's telling a story about a treehouse, and Kevin Owens is getting heel heat on him. Like they've kind of ruined Braun to the to to the to the point where. It's not that he's done, and fans still like him, and they chant for him, and everything's really good, but he is not the explosive, oh, my God, Ron won the world title well, think about that it; he would have been.
0: They vanilla and water down people as soon as they get electric red hot. So that's why we don't have Steve Austin's anymore, by the way, because right. anytime somebody's getting electric red hot, they go back to the 50-50 space. Like, why did Asuka's streak end? Because he got in, she got in Vince's hands, right? Asuka could have been that thing that Rousey take down, takes down a year from now. But when you put it in Vince's hands, he wants everything level across the board. But you can't have crossover, era-defining superstars when you do that. The people that m- get themselves bigger than the sport, bigger than but, the business.
1: By the way, you thought I was mad about uh, Carmella cashing in on Flair one day or two days after uh, ending Asuka's title reign? How about beating her clean in the middle of the ring? Uh. Uh at, at a paper. I don't even want to talk about it. Um to
0: finish on <laughs> Booking the Damn Territory, look, we talked about the sins of Daniel Bryan, because by the way, which we mentioned last week, they booked Daniel Bryan wrong in twenty fourteen and it ruined Batista's comeback. They booked right. Brian wrong in twenty fifteen and it has still ruined Roman Reigns to this day. Will they get it right this time around, this season, as we head to SummerSlam and Mania? Will
1: they use his star power properly? Daniel Bryan is the one thing, despite me not liking the cast rivalry. That I think is going fine, it, uh, not well, not, the, not the one thing, but one of the things. Um, I don't mind them slow playing Miz because we want we said we were worried that it was going to happen immediately, and I said I want them to slow play it. I wanted it at SummerSlam at a minimum, WrestleMania if possible. So I'm totally fine with that. Brian, it's great that he's back. He's exciting in the ring. I don't need him to have a title yet. I, I am fine waiting, face... and he should be fine waiting.
0: I need him to face either the Miz. AJ Styles or Nakamura at SummerSlam. Well, I get that.
1: Yes, and yes, I do think so.
0: And I need him. I mean, we talked about Roman turning heel. I mean, imagine Daniel Bryan against heel Roman Reigns in the main event of next year's WrestleMania. I know everybody wants oh. Rousey, Charlotte Flair. Oh my God! No, put Rousey, Charlotte Flair on the back burner. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Are you kidding me? That would be, uh, that would be incredible. And let's 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 close the booking the damn territory with this as things stand right now. What should be our WrestleMania 35 main event? I just gave you mine. Daniel Bryan, heel Roman Reigns. What's your pick?
1: Um, it's really good. It's a good question. I, I think the Shield thing I proposed would work for me. I don't mind Roman Reigns being in main events, but they have to book him the right way. So if they did something like that with the Shield triple threat main event, WrestleMania in New York, that'd be great with Rollins and Ambrose in there. I'd love it. I would really like to see the women in the main event. I think you have women deserving of it, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, if they go that way, great. I would have much preferred um, Ronda Rousey, Asuka, and Asuka obviously never losing her streak. But if you're going to main event mania, we talked about this with Nakamura, you need someone who really speaks English and can really sell sell the match. And Flair is way obviously better at that. And and a much bigger name, you can draw on the lineage of her father and you can get the Roddy Piper comparisons, obviously with Rousey in there. That's massive. Um, That's probably my WrestleMania 35 main event. But I want to close after you give yours. I just um, gave mine.
0: Keep going. Keep going. Oh, you did?
1: Okay. I, I think when we're booking the damn territory, we got to talk about the women also just because we really didn't. WWE has a major problem with the women right now. They are not allowing the women that are legitimately over with fans and are the best workers in the ring to shine. Sasha Banks, there's a foot on her head holding her down. I don't get it. There is, I, I'm fine with Nia Jax being champion. But there is no reason that this Bailey Sasha Banks thing is not a championship level. And why is it feud. stretching
0: out? I mean, unless they have big SummerSlam plans and they're just trying to get us there, but come on, we got
1: to cash and this a, in. And if that's the case, and if someone beats Nia at Money in the Bank, and, and fine. But it, there's no indication of that. Number one, and on SmackDown, Becky Lynch may not be Sasha Banks or Charlotte Flair, but or even Bailey, if you really love Bailey because of her work. Her work's she's sloppy. really good. Her work's sloppy. Bailey's work is sloppy every but, week. P- so some, but fans happen to – I'm saying fans like her. I don't. Like, I, I agree, like with, I agree with you. People like hugs. Keep going. Okay. I agree with you, though, about Bailey. Um, but Becky Lynch is on that level, talent-wise. Yes. And fans love her. And kids love her. And she has awesome hair and a great look and an accent. And she's really funny in the promos that she puts on social media. She has problem. been buried worse than even Sasha. She's the middle. Dolph Ziggler. She's
0: and she's she's the male Dolph Ziggler. They don't see her as a headliner, so they use her qualities to get other people over. When yeah. you're right, the second she went through the table against Alexa Bliss and lost her title, it's been all downhill from there. They don't... It's almost... I don't know. I, you know, Sasha's got backstage heat you hear. You don't know how real that is. I don't know if it's just Vince going... I don't really know if I want to take all these Hunter-produced NXT talents and keep making them the face of our company. I mean, you could argue that's an absurd statement when you look who's on top right now, because almost everybody came through NXT. But it's like those girls changed the game in NXT and changed how we see women today. But outside of Charlotte, which makes sense because she's a Flair, who is getting the push from those from the Four Horsemen
1: consistently? No one. Yeah, and if you want to have like Alexa Bliss in the picture, who we like her, but there's her work at her work ability in the ring is just not on par with these other women. It's not. If you want her involved, that's fine. If you want to give me a Sasha Banks-Alexa Bliss match at WrestleMania 35, you know, middle of the card for a title, I'm fine with that. But you got to put the women who are going to really move the women's revolution forward in the forefront. And that, when you're talking about booking the damn territory is really important to me. And I think should be really important. I think Vince would tell you
0: in his own mind, he is, and we'll get into one of those women. in very shortly, that was the main event. We even booked the damn territory, but now it's time for hero or zero.
1: I'm going to start this simple. BC is Bobby Lashley's comeback over before it even started. Here or zero. Oh
0: man, it's 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 way over. It's so over. It's so over. It's so Bad! Oh my God! Like I almost om- like I'm almost not articulate enough to really put forth how bad. Like I like all I want to do is t- tell you more about the Yappapai Indian Strap Match. The main priority is <laughs> is to get the body in the proper position for the strapation dude. Oh my God! Like uh, so yeah. It starts off awesome because they're showing you that this guy is a physical freak and a badass. He's got training in the army. He's a collegiate wrestling star. He's an MMA star. And then either that, Adam, was the worst representation of a white meat babyface, The most white meat presentation negatively that we've ever seen. Or they're literally going to make him a creepy character because when he talked nothing about his sisters and those weird stories of growing up and the, the whole vibe of the interview was weird. And then when he looked in the camera and was like, I love you, sisters, like unless it's going to be a three women who are going to be presented as his, his sisters that are going to be like the Funkadelics or something and are going to be like part of the future, then they just straight up ruined taking this badass badass he's like 42 years old but tell me who's got a better body in WWE no No maybe nobody and they put him in like an old guy's hat and a suit that didn't match and they presented him as this country bumpkin are you kidding me he just he should be feuding with Brock Lesnar in an MMA like no rules match right now like what the
1: hell like what the hell is going on here I will give the same caveat as you if they are planning to make him some creepy character, I mean, that that idea is terrible to me. Terrible! Like, horrible. But if they are doing that, and this was the first step, like, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're trying something. Uh, but if that's not the case, I say this unequivocally, it's the worst segment I've ever seen on WWE TV. Wow. Worst thing, worse than Katie Vick. No, it,
0: no, it, no, 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 no. And
1: speaking of mailing Katie
0: No, no, no. Nothing, nothing. Come on. There's necrophilia.
1: Nothing, nothing will ever be worse. It was worse. It was a zero. Market zero. Zero point zero. It's the worst thing that I've ever seen. I walked. I walked away from Monday Night Raw. And I, I said it in Slack with you and our other editor, Jack Jorgensen. WTF was that S. It made... No sense. God have mercy on the person's soul who wrote that segment.
0: Wow. Wow. Yes, I am. I am. Wow. Zero. (laughs) Wow. That is a wow. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Yes. Yes. Well, well done. Uh, Yeah. Let's move on here. Adam hero or zero. Number two, Seth Rollins, the aforementioned best wrestler in the world, delivered a match of the year contender versus the Miz at backlash to open the show and a more pedestrian IC title Open Challenge victory over Mojo Rawley on Raw. Hero or Zero, to you standing firm one week later that Seth Rollins really is, at this moment, still the best wrestler in the world. i give you a chance to take it back, Hero or Zero.
1: So I'm not going to do what y'all think I'm going to do. No, I am going to do what y'all think I'm going to do. I'm standing firm, Hero. That mismatch to open, which sounds weird to say, together but that match against the miz to open backlash bc holy cow it's not a five-star match you're going real off the deep end here calling everything a match of the year contender it's not okay great match. We know great match. it was great it was an amazing match it's the miz's best match including i think he fought dolph ziggler in a really good match uh, a few years ago yes better than that seth rollins is incredible um tyson kidd who i believe booked that match is incredible yes. and deserves to book every major match in WWE for the rest of time, as far as I'm concerned. Massive hero. I will say, coming out of our NJPW conversation early in the show, is amazing. And I know everyone loves Kenny Omega, and he's, if you had to uh, give a consensus, he's probably consensus is the best in the world. is incredible. And every single match, no matter who it's against, he he looks like a star and he makes his opponents look like a star. It's tough. But what's for the me answer? To stand no, by. no, you, you, you stood on that hill. Let the me my blowing. Thing. The wind is blowing. It's tough right for now. me to stand by, but I am hero. Seth Rollins wow. is the best. In the world. All right, I almost, I'm almost angry.
0: By the way, you know, shout out to all the fans who did get your back on social media, and I was surprised about that. Although they did get your back more on the Seth versus AJ debate. And look, Seth is operating at such an incredible, that's why I almost don't like this debate and that we stumbled into it because I love Seth right now. He's on fire. He's incredible. I don't want this to be like the, great, the, Bret Hart, history. Like the great Bret Hart debate where people are just like, you know, where I got to stand firm and be like, no, Bret Hart is overrated. And by the way, he is, don't fool yourself, but I Wait, will tell d- you this.
1: Who debates other, who debates
0: otherwise? Oh, Stack Greg of cheap heat, the, the, the biggest, uh, Bret Hart mark of all
1: time. My good friend. Oh, oh. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I met him at WrestleMania, really nice guy. That is a bad take. No if way. you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. <laughs> and Obviously,
0: I get and respect what Bret Hart did to the business. That's not this debate. This debate is Seth Rollins, who I love. I think AJ Styles is a better wrestler. If you think it's Seth Rollins right now, especially considering the booking AJ's been getting in the past year, look, I get it. I don't think it's I'm true, about, but about I get today. it. But I'm talking about right now, today, the best wrestler in the world. I love Seth Rollins. But he's not on the level. None of you are on my level. You're right, Kenny. You're right. And if you don't like that. You don't like it? I don't care. You don't speak English? I don't care. And it's not just Kenny. It might be Okada <laughs> that you just said. Look, I think Abushi might be a better wrestler right now than Seth Rollins. and That's a, that's not a ne- well, knock no. on Rollins. It's a shout out to Ibushi. And, you know, Naito's in that conversation, too. I'm not going to sit here and say, there's seven Japanese guys better than your Seth Rollins. And I'm also not going to sit here and say that if Seth Rollins wasn't in NJPW, that he couldn't do some of those same things. All of the, you know, apples and apples, all of that. I love Seth Rollins. But right now, those other guys are the best wrestlers in the world. Kenny and Kazucha Okada. And we got to be real about that. We got to be honest about that. And I'm sick of people saying, "Well, let's see if Kenny can come to WWE and
1: work this restrictive
0: style." Why would you ever want that? Why would you ever want to you go wouldn't. to high school, no, no, Billy? You,
1: you wouldn't. And you're right. That that thought process, that argument, isn't good. I want but he S- could, but 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 Kenny could do that. I have but zero. The better argument
0: mind. is, I want Seth in NJPW
1: or in WWE with no rules anymore, with no scripts, just to be himself. But that's the thing. We have to judge it on what we're seeing now, career wise. I am never going to argue that, as of today, AJ Styles has had a better career and has been better at his peak than Seth Rollins. I'm talking about today. And today, Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in WWE, all things considered, all-encompassing. And in my opinion, he's the best in the world because he's on par with those guys. But he works in such a constrained environment and is still putting matches together that are on such an incredible level that it's ridiculous. But yes, Okada, Omega, Naito, you didn't even mention Osprey, Abushi. Um, yes, yes. I love Abushi, although Abushi for me less storytelling, more athleticism, in ring ability. But yeah, I mean he is in that class. And even if you don't agree with me that he's best in the world, he's in that class. Top six dudes where you can make a legitimate argument for any of them, and that's really the key. BC, let's move on. Number three, Hero Zero. Big cast on Sunday at Backlash tapped out in under eight minutes to Daniel Bryan, and then wasn't even booked for Tuesday's SmackDown Live. Daniel Bryan was in the main event lost to Rusev. Hero Zero to you insisting that he is still worthy of an elite push.
0: It's tough now. It's tough. I stood on that mountain. Here's what I'm going to say. It's a little bit of a hero and zero. It was a zero.
1: Pick one. No, pick one. Uh,
0: All right. It was a zero how he performed in that match. Not a zero, but it was a step down from the idea that he is elite. He's not elite. I know the match wasn't booked for him to overperform. It was booked for him to tap out and then attack viciously afterwards. I did like the vicious attack. Is he ready for the elite level? No, it's a zero. Is he, though, overperforming on a level where him at the elite level still works? Yes, it's a hero, and here's why. His look. Except for his awful hair, has really come around. He looks the part. He can he's do. Orange. He can do the physical moves, obviously. And here's the ultimate thing: he's getting real heat. It's not the again. This guy's only a heel because he's really cool and he breaks the rules. He's not getting that type of heel heat. He's getting the Jinder Mahal. He's the American Jinder Mahal. You're watching him and going, "Man, I hate this guy. He doesn't deserve to be in this match. I'm going to boo the crap out of him." So in that regard, it still works. If Vince is going to ride this guy, I don't think he's a 2009 Drew McIntyre where he's going to fade away and be out of the company in a couple of years. It's not going to be a failure. Still got to learn. Still got to grow. Not an elite performer. Can perform on the elite, though, if that makes any sense.
1: I mean, he's getting heel heat because he's beating up Daniel Bryan, who's a, a loved fan and a loved fan, a loved wrestler, beloved wrestler by the fans. Um, but he that match was a zero, I mean, the match was a zero, not Daniel Bryan's fault. Big cast was a total zero after the match. It was okay. I, I agree. It was better than the match itself, like that he got some stuff over. You want to know something, BC? I saw something on Big Cass that I liked. Again, didn't air on WWE TV. Go to WWE SmackDown Facebook page. that might be on Twitter also. There's a promo with Cass and either Dasha or Renee Young, I forget who, that they did not air on SmackDown. That is top-notch promo work. Really good, seemingly unscripted, allowing him to talk on his own. And I'm like, you know what? And he was suited again. And I'm like, yes. you know what? This works. Hey, where this is good. Suit? Everything so, changes
0: in a suit. Everything.
1: So I like that they're giving Big Cass a chance. I don't think he's delivered yet. So because of that, it's a zero. But I, I have to stand by what I said last week.
0: All right. Number four, Adam, Mandy Rose officially broke free from Absolution per new SmackDown general manager page and debuted a new entrance and a new theme in a virtual squash match win over Becky Lynch on Tuesday night. Hero or zero to the entire new package? And yes, I know what I just said.
1: You better keep uh, that sound effect ready. Um, Hero. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Um, I, so I'm the pessimist, right? So I'll give you the bad part first. Two bad parts. One, Becky Lynch getting squashed by Mandy Rose is so not believable. Getting rolled up that way, honestly, just ridiculous. They could have put anyone else in that spot. Absurd that it was Becky Lynch, number one. Number two, I'll get to the entrance, but her walk, it looked like she was injured. It looked like she was a deer that got shot in the leg and like could, couldn't figure out how to properly take steps on the way to the ring. Whatever the hell that was, they got to fix it. Okay, that's out of the way. This is a massive hero. The song was great. The presentation was great. It reminded you of Goldust without the theatrics of Goldust. And it put her in a position where it showcases that she's strong, confident, and so damn sexy that you cannot not like her if you're a man. And you maybe cannot not hate her if you're a woman. And they're going to go heal with her. I have a really good feeling. And it's going to be awesome. She's good in the ring, not great. I think she's going to get there. She's not a natural athlete like, let's say, Trish Stratus was, okay? Although she was a fitness performer, I think, something like that, fitness model, whatever. Um, I think she's going to get there. As of now, a hero, but man, they got to fix that walk. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen.
0: We saw her at the Hall of Fame red carpet, arm in arm with Tino Sabatelli of NXT fame. So he he knows well what's going on here. Look, it is a hero because I like the, the interesting way it was shot, the presentation on that. I'm almost disappointed because I like what they were doing with Absolution. I thought if they are going to unveil women's tag team titles, that's the perfect tag team to put it around. I think she has great chemistry with DeVille just, you know, in the ring and just together. I thought that worked really well, but you get it. You get it. You said Vince needs to push the right women. I think he's pushing the women that, that, you know, that he thinks right now in the right direction. He obviously sees Trish Stratus type future for her. The, the look is very similar. He's going to push her as a sexy star, very muscular, all that. It's a hero overall. I wonder, though, what's going to happen to DeVille. Is she going to be the Jannetty here and just get destroyed pretty soon? Probably, right?
1: So, uh, so they broke up, but I don't think that they – and she went to the ring by herself. But I don't think they're just separating completely. I mean I still think they're going to be friends and tag team partners when necessary. They have obviously really good chemistry together. Maybe there is a down the line if they team up again, a Sasha Bailey type of – angle that they can have with them around the title. But, yeah, Mandy Rose is Vince McMahon's type. She's my type. She's your type. She's every man's type. And if you're a wrestling Sh-tino fan— Tino Sabatelli's type, all right? Tino's Tino Sab's type. By the way, let's share some news, obviously. Tino Sab's out like six, nine months, hurt himself, well, right? Well, on Instagram,
0: he put out uh, that report and circled it and wrote not true. So uh, w- oh, maybe he's okay. not going to be out as long, you know? So
1: maybe not out as long, but hurt. Um, obviously, he just broke up in his— Thing with what's that guy's name, Riddick Moss? Yeah, I I thought that was a good tag team. I don't know what they're doing there. Um, but yeah, uh, all around a massive hero. On
0: Vince, here is uh, it's obvious that that she, meaning Mandy Rose, is now getting whatever type of push Emma Lena was supposed to get. Obviously, Emma couldn't handle it from a voice you know in terms of getting into the character and wanting to be it lana who then got tossed that gimmick idea certainly couldn't handle it from a wrestling performance in terms of this new sex symbol that we're pushing out there so it's obvious that he's found his next one
1: by the way just because you mentioned lana and we don't have another opportunity so we're like oh my god they're gonna turn rusev heel with lana it's cool she's back they're gonna put him back together as it always should be and then she doesn't show up on smackdown again and rusev wins with aiden english in his corner yeah. yeah. That's I, part of the continuity I, I, that we're talking I, I, about. They did cut a promo after, again, only on social media, where Lana was there and supporting Rusev. And it's like, okay, they dropped it after one week. So I don't, unless it's a slow burn, I don't know what they're doing. Tape, All tape right, machines BC. are running. We got to get out this door. We are. BC number five here on Hero Zero. UFC just announced uh, they agreed to a streaming deal with ESPN Plus, moving some UFC Fight Night cards off of FS1 in 2019. I think uh, ESPN's getting like 15 events with 12 matches on them or one of those two numbers. I don't know. I don't really like UFC too much. Anyway, are Zero to this news being a precursor to Fox acquiring WWE rights and two-hour Raws coming to primetime network television on Fox in 2019.
0: If you want to call this the television revolution, you know, I think this is the way it's going, and it felt like this was the next step. This showed you that UFC and Fox are getting out of bed together. Now, still, look, this isn't the full package going to ESPN from a UFC standpoint. Another network is still going to jump in and grab a portion of this. Could it be Fox? It could be. It's probably not likely, though, especially since you hear a lot of NBC rumors out there. This shows me that Fox is clearing the deck and wants to go all-in on WWE, which I stand by saying will be a great thing for WWE. Obviously, there's ways it could be screwed up. Anything can be screwed up. I think this is a great move to get on primetime TV again. And for any fan out there, the prospect of a two-hour Raw on Monday that in theory would be loaded up with bigger name talent and better written and book storylines. No guarantee, as you just heard, to start this show But this is a hero, and it feels like it's the next step to get there. I want WWE back on big-time TV. I want Fox or FS1 to have lead-in shows, potentially, where it treats this like a a real sport. I mean, when when we interviewed Renee Young, you brought up, she started in Canada on the score. Do you know what her, Mora Ranallo, and the guy who became Kyle Edwards for WWE, a man named Arda Ocal, who works for ESPN, real good dude, they had a post-game show after Raw where they... Argued back and forth like we're doing right now on television. It was fantastic. I want to see that for WWE coverage. I think Fox could be that home.
1: That's I did not know they had a show like that. That's awesome. That would really be cool. Uh to answer the question as it was proposed, zero. I think this is legitimately meaningless towards whether Fox goes WWE or not. This is a streaming rights deal. It had been reported multiple times recently that they were looking to potentially split up those rights. The NFL just did that somewhat. Uh, I think they have a deal with Amazon and someone else. I don't even know what's going on with the NFL right now. But I think this is more than anything a way for UFC to obviously make more money with ESPN. ESPN gets a lot of additional fans and exposure for their plus product with UFC programs. But I don't, I don't think it means anything to UFC and Fox going forward. There's still going to be a ton of fight night cards no, on these Fox. are the, the fight
0: night cards. These are no, the these are the fight night cards that were on Fox that are not Sorry, the UFC get on ESPN Fox.
1: I, you know, I don't know UFC, man. I'm I'm doing my best with the terminology, okay? The UFC on Fox cards or whatever the case is, there's still a ton of money left in the television package we'll see, for man. UFC and literally the last rumor that came out about UFC was ESPN getting some and Fox getting the vast majority. And with ESPN just getting some I don't know how it doesn't stand that Fox can right. still take NBC's the vast majority. In, the game in, too. Fact, in fact, BC, I think it makes the package more affordable for Fox because now they don't have to pay for all this extraneous stuff that probably wasn't drawing a lot of ratings. So to me, it's a zero because it doesn't mean anything. And also, I have to take that position because our bet is still on and I am going to win.
0: Wow. Wow. Hey, how about we slide in some DMs to close? We'll do it lightning round style. We do want to hear for the people, by the people. We want to hear what you have to say. <coughs>
1: Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? Yes, it is,
0: John Cena. We start with one of our good friends, Blake Moe. Blake Molina at Blake Moe underscore. He says, what match do you think you've watched the most? Very interesting question, Adam. He throws out that he's seen Savage Steamboat WrestleMania 3 and Rock Hogan from WrestleMania 18 more times than any other. What about you?
1: I'm not a match rewatcher, so my number would be low, like three, four times, right? Uh, the answer is probably... Um, Hbk Razor Ramon WrestleMania 10 ladder match, um, and believe it or not, Sasha Banks Bailey NXT Brooklyn 2. I don't remember which one. Oh, good one. But good the, one. Basically, the best women's match in WWE history. Those those two. I've seen that match four times, maybe five, and the Razor Ramon match, obviously with Shawn Michaels ladder match, a, a dozen probably. But I don't, I don't rematch I don't rewatch matches usually after the time period. So I watched WrestleMania 34 again from home because we were there. And if there's a really good match on NXT, I'll watch it again the next night maybe. But outside of that, I don't usually go back like that.
0: Well, now because we have the we have a gluttony of YouTube and the WWE network, but he answered mine It's clearly Savage Steamboat, my favorite match of all time. And WrestleMania's two through four was my absolute early wheelhouse. Had all three on VHS tape. So I mentioned before YouTube and WWE Network, you only had what you had or had what was on the VHS shelf at your local, uh, you know, video rental store. And I watched Savage Steamboat, an absurd, uh, hundreds, hundreds of times, the best match ever. Let's keep it going.
1: Uh, From Nick Flynn at N Flynn with two N's underscore 17. We kind of addressed this earlier, BC, but with some of the selfie promos that featured tag teams, you know, on Raw and SmackDown, again, made no sense. He thinks it sounds like there's going to be a tag team money in the bank. That would make sense if they do it. Um, Is this becoming overkill for this match? Wouldn't a third money in the bank match be better suited for 205 Live to give them more exposure?
0: It's interesting. It's an interesting question. And, and Nick also referenced this question, which we didn't read, was that he thought it was overkill when the extreme, I'm sorry, the Elimination Chamber went to a tag team. I I disagree. The one time they did a tag team Elimination Chamber match, it, it was, was incredible. Yeah, it was, it was overkill when they started having three Elimination Chamber matches per pay-per-view. I don't want to see the Money in the Bank ladder match get overkill because here's the thing. It's already kind of overkill because we see a ladder match at WrestleMania every year, right, for the IC. What is it? Is it? What do we see every year at the? Not confusing what? myself. We see a ladder match every year at WrestleMania.
1: No, no, no. The Money in the Bank used to be a featured match at WrestleMania. Oh, I'm they confusing
0: wanted... the 31 WrestleMania 31. We had a IC ladder match at WrestleMania. What they
1: wanted, what WWE wanted, was to have a ladder match at every WrestleMania, and then they started Money in the Bank as that, which was a great concept as a featured match at WrestleMania. Then they made it its own paper. I guess my point is, we see ladder matches throughout the year, every once in a while, with the
0: title at the top. I don't want it to get overkilled. I want that money in the bank thing to really mean something. We need a men's. We need a women's. Let's not go anything further because I don't want to start to hate that like I just did with the greatest Royal Rumble because it was too damn long and we'd just seen one.
1: They can create other signature matches for other brands and, and other divisions and have it work, right? War Games, if that ends up being an NXT thing, great, it's different. It's only them. They can create something special for 205 Live. Gauntlet or... Uh, championship scramble where like that's where there's like I think a time limit and the last person that gets a pin ends up with the title right there's things that they can do they don't need to jam pack the same match multiple times on the pay-per-view and honestly I love the women having every opportunity the men do I I truly do but two money in the bank ladder matches okay I can I can stomach that two royal rumbles no, no. two two three or four hell in a cells like it's going to reach a point of oversaturation and yeah if they do a tag team money in the bank if they want to do it once, I'll okay, I'll go along with it. But I'd much rather them just do a tag team ladder match three months. Before. Well, don't do it at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I, that right. might sound exactly. crazy,
0: but I'd rather do it sometime else to make it feel special. All right, we're 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 on the way out here quickly. want to close with this DM from Sean Graham at sgram628. He says, shout out to the ITC boys for giving me over an hour and a half of performance enhancing audio to help me get through the Pittsburgh half marathon last weekend, exclamation point. Sean went on to tell me, that he did his best time so far at just over two hours. Adam, this performance-enhancing audio, right? It does it does take you to that next level. Shout out to Sean Graham for bearing through 13 miles with us in his
1: eardrums. Yeah, there, there might be something to it. Maybe perform, performance-enhancing audio is a real, uh, not just a tagline here at the ITC. Um, we enjoy a lot, often when we get messages, DMs, or, or, or tweets from you guys like telling us, when you're watching the show and why, like I think there was an episode that I had to publish late one night, like six o'clock the guys like, Hey, I'm about to go on an eight hour trip to Pennsylvania. Like when's the show coming out? Like, I hope I get it for my ride. Like that's cool. So if you're ever listening to us in a unique situation, you know, let us know. Um, obviously you can also do that in the review section where you can rate us five stars, tell us how much you love us. And maybe, maybe just maybe we'll put more episodes out for you.
0: That's what I'm talking about right there. Right in the field spot to close, we get both hands in there. I've had Drew Gulak, and I've had 205 Live in my field spot regularly of late. Sometimes it's the tiny things that make me pop the most. Drew Gulak walks down in a suit on 205 Live on Tuesday night on his way to the announce booth, shakes a hand (laughs) with a fan with a smile, and then as he turns away, wipes it on his suit and then continually looks back at his hand. Perfect chicken crab heel move. I got to love Drew Gulak. He is really, really moving product in my heart this guy, I mean, nobody loves Buddy Murphy more than me, but Drew Gulak's right there, right in the field spot.
1: See, I expected some under juice to come flowing for that Buddy Murphy Mustafa Ali match. which No, was I, I actually thought
0: it didn't. It didn't get. It didn't get where I wanted it to go. The, the really? Ten, okay. The didn't get was... all the way up. I thought they under, underserved a little.
1: I thought it was very good. Um, very unique, strange field spot for me. NXT last week there was that Bianca Belair Candice LeRae match. And I expect the Candice Larry to go over because why wouldn't she? Obviously, storyline wise, they explained why because she's thinking about her husband and Champa. Um, but Bianca Belair, holy crap! Yes. Like she impressed me to the level I was impressed with Ricochet to the level that the Street Profits impressed me, um, especially Montez Ford. Obviously, um, she's going to be a star. She's going to be a main eventer in WWE for the women. Her power is incredible. Uh, her move set's great. I could do without the ponytail. It's a little gimmicky. And like oh, maybe I love it. I love it. it well, what's going to be great about it is there'll be a hair versus hair match and it's going to get cut off at some point. So that's really cool. They're going to play that up one day. Um, but it's, it's a little too gimmicky for me that, but she is, I think she's a former Tennessee, either track volleyball track. or, women's track. basketball player
0: no track all the way track big time track star i mean she's got a great body and i don't say that in the in the sound sound uh zipper open way i mean i mean she's just like for wrestling she's a she's built she is strong she is a great athlete by the way engaged in real life to montez ford of the street profits so wow. there's a, a new See, WWE okay. power couple right there
1: you you want to talk about I, you know i know some fans some uh iwc fans are intergender wrestling fans her and Montez Ford as a tag team? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Oh, uh, yeah. She could throw Montez Ford.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. She's a powerhouse. She's very fun to watch. I think she had a good run there in that May Young Classic tournament as well. So good stuff for her. Hey, thanks for checking us out. Long show today, but we brought it. We brought the heat. Check out our other offerings this week, including the boxing show with Wave Bartholomew and the MMA edition as King Mo goes off on Ryan Bader, who he faces Saturday night in the Bellator World Grand Prix Tournament. We also got Bader on there to respond. We got Amanda Nunez ahead of UFC 224. A lot to listen to. A lot to love. Thanks so much for checking us out. Adam, we always like to close like this.
1: Goodbye! And good night
0: back! We also like to remind you who the best wrestler in the world is. Oh yeah! You're gonna see Kenny Omega beat the
1: ever-living poop out of him it's not too long but it's entertaining and that applies to more thing than one we out